Teamwork. It's a word that inspires individuals and groups of people to achieve important goals. And in recent weeks, teamwork has been essential to our food and nutrition services at Catholic Charities. Careful allocation of food supplies has allowed all nine of our food pantries to serve twice the number of guests they usually see. A detailed coordination of staff and resources has ensured that our WIC centers remain open for families with children under five years old. Despite social distancing, our volunteers and restaurant partners have continued to make to-go meals possible for the hungry and the homeless who come to 721 North LaSalle and our suburban locations. And our creative employees have worked with food vendors and neighbors to make sure homebound seniors and the disabled still have meals delivered to them. Our team members recognize how serious food insecurity can be. Please join us in our mission. Visit www.catholiccharities.net. Henry Ford once said, a business that makes nothing but money is a poor business. At Catholic Charities, we are deeply grateful to our corporate partners who agree with Henry Ford. Some of our corporate partners make a financial commitment each year to the work of Catholic Charities. Other partners donate or offer reduced prices on goods and services that help our clients find stability in their lives. Still other corporate leaders gather their employees and regularly volunteer at our food pantries and our suppers for the homeless. For over a century, support from businesses large and small has been vital to our efforts to strengthen the lives of individuals and communities, one person, one family at a time. If you'd like to join us in our mission, please call 312-948-6864. That's 312-948-6864. Thank you. You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM, the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Good morning, and welcome to Mission Matters Live, a program focused on promoting a spirit of mission among the people of God in the Archdiocese of Chicago. My name is Megan Mio. I'm coordinator in the mission office, and our engineer this morning is Mike. You're listening to WNDZ 750 AM, and we hope you will join us every third Thursday of the month from 830 to 9 AM. Today, we are blessed to have with us Dr. Mike Gable, a colleague of mine who serves as the director of the mission office in the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, Ohio. In addition, Dr. Gable is an adjunct professor in the theology department at Xavier University in Cincinnati, and I've asked him to join us by phone today so that we can begin to process what we have been seeing in the news lately. We need to have an important and sometimes uncomfortable discussion about racism. I'd like us to talk about how the social and individual sin of racism impacts global mission. 
and each of us as believing Christians. So, good morning and thank you for joining us today, Mike. Good to be with you today. Thank you, Megan. Right. It's great to have you. I, I know we've we've been able to meet for national meetings before, but, um, I, you know, the miracle of radio and phones is that I can have you on the show, um, especially during this time when we are trying to be careful uh, about having guests in the yes. studio. So it's great to have you by phone. Thank you. Thank you. Great. In addition to what I've already mentioned, uh, Dr. Gable also serves uh, on the Anti-Racism Task Force of the Cincinnati Archdiocesan Social Action Office. And I can also tell you that Mike has his own experiences of international mission, his own personal experience and as the director, and that his office organizes and supports both intercultural parish twinning and mission immersion trips. So he is a lifelong learner. Uh, not just the theological side of this issue, but also the practical and pastoral work of justice and reconciliation. So we've got somebody here who, who's going to have a really great conversation. So um, to just get us started, um, Mike, would you tell us a little bit about some of the most influential experiences in your life that have brought you to this point um, of leading for mission and, and working to overcome racism? Thank you, Megan. Thank you for having me on today. It's a real honor and pleasure to be on this program with you today. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and everybody in Chicago Diocese should know that you are blessed to have Megan Mio in your mission office. Thanks. She's a shining star out there for uh, many of us. Uh, we greatly admire the work that she's already doing. So praise God for Megan in your mission office. I'm you even more blessed. glad I asked you. <laughs> it, I, it's true. It's true. We, we, many of us admire you, Megan. Thank, Thank you for you. having me. Okay, the question is, life experiences that have helped me take a look at mission and take a look at uh, what do we do about this whole racism business. Well, with Father's Day coming up, it just um, my father and mother passed on, but I wanted to point out, because this has been in my heart lately, um, when you lose your parents, you begin to even appreciate them even more. Mm -hmm. And I was very blessed to have parents, even though they had little formal education, my dad and mom learned a lot about running a business, an electrical business, and, and uh, so they were um, very big on having us travel. Um, mm -hmm. Even as young kids back in the 50s and 60s as a family, uh, they took us to quite a few countries to, to appreciate other people's cultures. My dad was one of the first to hire a black electrician in a white community in Cincinnati, and that was, that was tough for him, but he did it. Mm -hmm. um, and then eventually, this uh, because of their uh, love for mission and their faith, uh, I studied with the Divine Word missionary priest for six years in their seminary. Oh. And the Divine Word priests uh, were the first um, religious order to take in African American seminarians, and so I was uh, had a great opportunity to learn a great deal about the history of, of black Americans, and I took one of the first courses ever offered in black history through an African-American uh, priest for a history class, and that just opened up my world like, oh my gosh, I had no idea mm -hmm. you know, of the history uh, that black Americans have had to go through uh, mm -hmm. in, in the past 400 years in this country, so it was just an eye-opening experience, so that was a real blessing for me to hear that early in my life. Mm -hmm. Eventually, I decided to uh, go on my own as a lay missionary, um, and uh, the Franciscans in Honduras invited me to come work, work with them up in the mountains, <clears throat> where half of our babies died before the age of five from malnutrition and the bad water, and it was eye-opening to see how uh, wealthy landowners worked with the military, and they, they, bribed, they were bribed to 
push uh, peasants off their land so cattle ranchers could have more land. Mm-hmm. And then to see, um, many, uh, I had 13 of my friends shot and tortured to death shortly after I left. Mm-hmm. Uh, Father Casimir Seifer, uh, who was uh, from the Wisconsin, uh, state of Wisconsin, became a good friend shortly after he had my wedding here in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. He went back and he was killed with uh, a number of my friends and it helped me to really pop my eyes open and realize, oh my gosh, Indigenous people just have little or no rights. Mm-hmm. And eventually that had me to um, start working with parishes to say, you know, can we take a look at what's happening around us here? Mm-hmm. Eventually uh, it was led to uh, work with the Marino Fathers in, uh, in uh, New York and their Justice and Peace Office in the 80s mm-hmm. when the wars start breaking out um, and the repression of the poor in, in Central America. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I uh, was able to take my wife and kids uh, to join Mariano Lay Missionaries. We lived in Bolivia and, and then also served in Venezuela. And we were the only white people in, the, in many of those neighborhoods. We lived with the Bolivian family. And that began to open up our worlds like, oh my gosh, uh, these are just people that we should be learning from, not just considering missionaries. We're going to save them, mm-hmm. but how are they at the same time reciprocally uh, saving us? Yeah. Uh, eventually, I came back to Cincinnati with my family and got to work with parishes. Um, we're all white and across the uh, highway, they were all black. Mm-hmm. So it was a real challenge for me to say, okay, how do I take my mission experience now and bring these two together? So we did mm-hmm. develop an organizations of leaders on both sides of the highway, black and white, that led mm-hmm. to having various conferences and prayer services, Thanksgiving services together. Um, and it was like, well, yeah, we, we, we can do this. Mm-hmm. And then course, it led me to my uh, office, the Archdiocese, mm-hmm. um, where we now find that parish twinning and mission trips are just a great opening to uh, expand mm-hmm. their world. So I've been really, really blessed by the Lord mm-hmm. to have the experiences of realizing God's beauty in each and every person, regardless of their race and background. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like you've you've had quite a journey. <laughs> a lot I've of been blessed. Twists and turns, um, but all, each of those experiences has stayed with you. Clearly, you see each one is important in teaching you uh, another lesson. Oh, absolutely! Uh, in applying the faith um, in the real world. Um, so, so then keeping all that in mind, and, and I'm sure we'll we'll touch back on some of those experiences as we continue our discussion. Um, you know, I, I asked you here, Doctor Gable, to help us understand the sin of racism because. Um, because of what's going on in our country and in yeah. our world today, um, you know we're we're seeing this. So let's let's reflect on it. Um, so let's just like start by saying let's be clear about you know terms here. What do we mean by uh, racism? So can you help us just to begin? I mean, can't fully sure. encompass it, but to begin to define racism. Sure, sure. There's an excellent uh, document uh, that uh, we're using here in our archdiocese. Mm-hmm. Uh, called Open Wide Our Hearts that was recently put out by the uh, Catholic bishops mm-hmm. uh, on, on racism. And they have a, a uh, this, uh, what they have is, is a good definition of what is racism. And it goes like this. Racism arises when either consciously or unconsciously a person holds that his or her own race or ethnicity is superior and therefore judges persons of other races or ethnicities inferior and unworthy of equal regard. When this conviction or attitude leads individuals or groups to exclude, ridicule, mistreat, or unjustly discriminate against persons on the base of their race or ethnicity, it is sinful. Mm -hmm. Lastly, 
racist acts are sinful because they violate justice. They reveal a failure to acknowledge the human dignity of persons offended, to recognize them as neighbors Christ calls us to love. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful, well, well-founded statement. Yeah, and it sets it into this context of us mm-hmm. as believing Christians, you know, mm-hmm. that, that this isn't just an issue of the rest of the world. This is an issue for all of us. Amen. Um, that we're all affected by, yep. um, no matter what your background may be, your, your ethnic Correct. or racial background. Um, could you also maybe comment on um, a, a phrase that we're hearing more and more of, too, white privilege? Yes. Um, it's a... Uh... Uh, there's, there's a, a booklet, a program rather, that the Celtic Bishop put up a few years ago uh, called Building Intercultural Competence for mm-hmm. Ministers. Mm-hmm. And it's an excellent, excellent program to encourage pa- uh, parishes to make sure that there is a wide variety of representation of your local community on your parish councils, in your parish leadership. Mm-hmm. And in this booklet, there's some excellent uh, definitions here. Uh, uh, one being about white privilege. Let me just read straight out of it. Uh, White privilege is a tendency of societies to conceptualize matters pertaining to race in terms of perception and interest in the prevailing or dominant community as the United States of white people. White privilege is different from prejudice or racism. It merely gives us a special place or privilege to the concerns of one group, the featuring causes of negative social uh, I'm sorry, the features and causes of negative social, economic, and political circumstances faced by, non- by non-white people in society are largely ignored or denied. Mm-hmm. White privilege is a factor in creating what may be called society's tendency towards benign neglect. However, this tendency is not only exclusive to whites. Any group, if it attains a sustained level of hegemony, may fall prey to, the tendency, to this tendency. For instance, in Mexico, which is largely mestizo, which is mixed indigenous and Spanish heritage, in that nation, one might speak of mestizo privilege that overlooks the realities faced by the indigenous or black people of Mexico. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my sense then would be, if we talk about racism, that, that you know, one group may be looking upon another um, as, as lesser, um, that in the United States, the issue is white privilege, that, mm-hmm. that white folks are the folks who have the most value, have the most privilege mm-hmm. in the way that we live. It shouldn't be, <laughs> but it is the way things are right now, and we're trying to change that. I think that's that's what um, current events are certainly speaking to. Yeah. Um, and so now, how, how would you then, you know, understand this within that context of us as, as Catholic Christians? What, what does our faith tell us about how we should process this information well i think obviously our 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 starting point is with with jesus uh when we uh uh try to make a decision on on how we 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 should deal with one another how we should love ourselves how we love our family those of us who call us followers of jesus uh need to go back to scripture you know and take a look you know what what examples did jesus uh you know offer to us in terms of dealing with people of other backgrounds Mm -hmm. um and then, of course, uh, I've been, been uh, uh, privileged to teach Catholic social teaching over the past 25 years or so mm-hmm. that are based on, on the values of Jesus. And so the one that I often turn to when I, uh, we cover racism in uh, 
most of my classes over the past many years. Mm-hmm. I like to have my students take a look at the life of Jesus and see particular experiences. For example, when uh, Jesus met the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well, um, the, uh, uh, he sat and he had a, a fascinating conversation uh, with him, and his apostles were off the side wondering, this is not right. A good Jewish person, especially a man, should never have a conversation with a Samaritan woman who is considered a half-breed or they were considered a lower class, uh, inferior, and, and not only that, uh, she was a woman. You know, a good Jewish man does not address a woman in, in public. So Jesus broke two social norms in that conversation, showing dignity to, 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 the, to the woman as, as, as a loving person. You know, God created as a woman, and at the same time, crossed this uh, racial, uh, religious boundaries right. to uh, to deal with her. And we can go on any all kinds of different examples of, of how Jesus would would cross uh, the the centurion, the Roman centurion. You know, he asked Jesus to come to his house, right. you know, and here was the enemy of the uh, of the local people, and yet Jesus crossed those boundaries and admired the faith of the centurion right. and, and cured the child. And then we see, you know, plenty of experiences in the Gospel of John, especially around the Last Supper, where Jesus prayed for unity, you know, that all may be one, Father, as you and I are one. Mm-hmm. And then so as we bring those into fruition today in terms of how do we, you know, uh, deal with these kinds of issues, uh, this is why I really think every Catholic should have a course in Christian social principles, mm-hmm. you know, to see... You know, uh, at least for me, two key uh, principles that are important for us today. You know, is Mike, to I'm yes. going to have ask you to pause right there. Yeah. Let's talk about that right after we come back from our break. Sounds so good. We're going to talk about Catholic social teaching, and we're going to talk about how racism is connected with global and local mission. So Perfect. stay tuned. We'll be right back. Throughout our nation and our world, people of all faiths have recently been joining fervently in all kinds of prayer. They have found that coming together in prayer is a source of comfort and strength. In this spirit of unity, the Archdiocese of Chicago has introduced a call to prayer, a telephone line dedicated to prayer. If you would like to join with another person in prayer, call 312-741-3388. This line is staffed from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily with parishioners from across the Archdiocese of Chicago. These volunteers are here to listen to you, offer support, and pray with you. A call to prayer includes a 24-hour voicemail and email options as well. Experience this wonderful opportunity to join with people just like you who trust in the power of prayer. That phone number again is 312-741-3388. Let's pray together today. There's nothing like having a friend to talk to when things are not going well. And in these challenging days, everyone has had moments when they are discouraged, sad, or worried. Catholic Charities wants you to know that we are here. If you or someone you know would like to share your concerns with a professional, call 312-948-6951. Anytime, day or night, you will be connected with an experienced counselor who will listen without judgment and offer compassionate, confidential advice that you can trust. That phone number again is 312-948-6951. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here for you. 
Throughout this pandemic, Catholic Charities continues to develop the most effective ways possible to respond to the needs of our clients and communities. In the past month, our call center has received 250 calls a day for emergency services. More than 450 seniors are being visited by home care aides who help them with housekeeping, groceries, and personal care. Mental health services are being provided to more than 600 people via phone and video. Our friendly, knowledgeable staff is working nonstop, so we are always ready for whoever might reach out to us next. If we can be of assistance to you, email us at gethelp at catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7700. That's gethelp at catholiccharities.net. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here for you. Welcome back to Mission Matters Live. If you're just tuning in, I am Megan Mio, coordinator for the Mission Office, and you're listening to WNDZ 750 AM. I'm here with Dr. Mike Gable, director of the Mission Office in the Archdiocese of Cincinnati and professor of theology at Xavier University. So before the break, we were just beginning to discuss how uh, the sin of racism is a very important matter for our church and our mission. And, um, and we were just beginning to speak about mission and what our faith really teaches us about um, how to respond uh, to this reality of racism that we're dealing with uh, in our country, in our world right now. So, um, Mike, um, you were just beginning to talk about two, two important principles uh, for Catholic social teaching. Am I right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, would you please continue? Yes, I, I, I have really have come to see the importance of of people understanding these uh, at least eight different principles. Why? Because it helps us d- determine how to vote, how to yeah. speak about issues, and what kinds of perspectives Catholics and Christians can bring to the bigger political, economic, social issues of our day. Yeah. I remember when I started teaching uh, some, you know, even still, the last course I taught students in the first class uh, would say, well, you know, these issues are complex. How do we decide or how do we understand how 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 and how we should even approach these uh, complex issues as well. This is the beauty of our faith that we hear these principles. And the one at the very top uh, of all the materials I read is is this one: the the, the principle of human dignity. And let me just read this uh, short explanation from the bishops. Uh, in a world uh, uh, wrapped up in materialism and declining respect for human life. The Catholic Church proclaims that human life is sacred, mm-hmm. and that the dignity of the person is the foundation of the moral vision of our society. Mm-hmm. Our belief in the sanctity of human life and inherent dignity of the human person is the foundation of all our social teachings. Right. And more recently, and I think we've all seen this, and my own uh, Archbishop here, Archbishop Schnur, recently put out a, a statement uh, with all the business that have been going on here, mm-hmm. making it clear that uh, uh, racism is also a pro-life issue that needs to be yeah. addressed yeah. and dealt with. Mm-hmm. So it, I think it's been very important for our bishops and our leaders and our pastors, mm-hmm. uh, groups working on, especially Catholics, working on racism issues to see this is a pro-life issue. Mm-hmm. The other principle that I, I, I found very important at this time, especially as a, a missionary working back here in the United States, is, mm-hmm. is the one on solidarity. Mm-hmm. Pope John II, uh, John Paul II uh, brought that uh, concept, that principle alive for us after all his work in Poland mm-hmm. to tr- 
ride to gain dignity for the uh, uh, workers uh, movement, and it was called Solidarity. So uh, I'll just read what we have here from the bishops. Catholic social teaching proclaims that we are brothers and sisters keepers wherever they live. Uh, we are one human family, whatever our national, racial, ethnic, economic, and ideological differences. Solidarity means that loving our neighbor has global dimensions in an interdependent world. Mm-hmm. We're connected. Yes, we are connected. <laughs> Well, that certainly connects us, too, then, to the topic of mission, whether it's local mission, you know, where I'm going out into the community near my home or going internationally um, like you yourself have experienced. You know, so what what is the connection there between racism and mission? Great. Thank you. Um, uh, it would be, be important to point out that uh, mission uh, uh, vision, the way we do missions, they has developed over the centuries. Um, Father Roger Schrader there in Chicago at CTU does an excellent course on the history of mission, mm-hmm. and he points out that as a result of uh, Second Vatican II, we understand mission in newer, maybe more biblical uh, terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roger, uh, uh, you know, likes to point out that you know um, when missionaries were working overseas in this country and they would come back to the United States, and they would share what they learned. Mm-hmm. When bishops began to speak up, who came from third-world countries, so to speak, from Africa, from India, Latin America, mm-hmm. they came to the Vatican Council. They made it very clear that, you know, <clears throat> we appreciate the work of missionaries coming from uh, from Europe, the United States, but, you know, we also have uh, God working within us as well, and can't we... Uh, share our own understanding of, of God with one another. And so over the past 50 years or so, uh, we mission has, in a sense, has changed its emphasis from that of a white person coming to another country and saying, this is what you need to believe to become a, a holy good person, mm-hmm. to saying, yes, I have a message that I've, I've grown up and come to learn about the love of Jesus, but at the same time, I need to honor you know, how people have come to know God in their own circumstances. How do they understand Jesus in their life? Right. And so I think for mission today, it's a, it's, um, uh, the emphasis is, uh, is more on listening to one another's uh, beliefs and understandings about God working in their lives, who Jesus is for them, and, and, and mutually share uh, our faith and to uh, spend a lot of time just listening. You know, you think about the life of Jesus, Basically, he had little or nothing to say for the first 30 years of his life. He spent that time learning his culture, appreciating the issues that faced him, coming to understand the power issues that took place. And, and then only later, <laughs> 30 years old, does he begin to speak up and say, you know, we got something evil going on in this society that's causing a lot of us uh, poor farmers and fishermen and women to be crushed. And, and so... I think for me, a mission a key component is to look at our faith as something to be shared, but also meaning in the sense that it needs to be reciprocal, it needs to be mutual. Yeah. And so it, to me, it all comes down to more and more to listening to other people's perspectives, and by carefully listening, we show respect to their beliefs, and then eventually that can lead to understanding and friendship. Yeah. Um, I don't see how many things can be changed uh, unless... You know, we, we really reach out and make an effort to come to appreciate each other's uh, racial perspectives on, on a wide variety of issues, especially through the eyes of faith. Right. Yeah. 
Well, that you know, I can never know the life experience, the perspective of somebody who's had a, a totally different life than me right Mm -hmm. so the only way i can begin to be in solidarity begin to um uh, to understand it in even a small way is to listen is Mm -hmm. to um and to in true you know sense of mutuality and and Mm -hmm. sharing also let me tell you about my perspective but to really do it in a way that is respectful of of both of our human dignity um so these are some really great first steps for people to um Mm -hmm to practice mission, to be missionaries, and uh, in a way that really responds to what's going on in the world these days, reading the signs of the times, um, that God is calling us through these these uh, current events. Well, thank you so much, Mike. There's so much more we could discuss. <laughs> I know it was hard for you to control all the great ideas that you have, so maybe we'll have you on another time. It's an honor to be with you, and, and God bless your efforts there. And uh, keep growing friendships with people of other backgrounds. We'll be richer for it. Yeah, we will be stronger, richer people, better Christians. So thank you so much, Mike. And um, I I just say that in these days of transition and change, let us take care of one another and following the love of Jesus Christ. So tune in next month for more Mission Matters Live. Thank you very much for listening and always be on mission.